Friday, April 27th, 1984, three in the morning. Tick, 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 tick. I heard this as I slowly opened my eyes. It was dark in my room. It must be in the middle of the night. I turned on my lamp, I took the clock in my hand. My eyes slowly focused, 3 a.m., exactly three in the morning. Another sleepless night. I put the clock back down on the night table and closed my eyes. Just go to sleep. Think of lovely things to fall asleep to. How about the ocean? The sound of the ocean waves as they come and go and splash against the beach with the high moonlight in the distance. Or maybe the pretty lady at the supermarket, her blouse open, just enough to see her soft skin in the beginning of where her breast starts. No, that's not going to work. Back to the ocean waves, crashing, splashing against the beach. The waves, the splash, the crash. Tick, 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 tick. My eyes open again. I grabbed the clock. It was made by the Shanghai Diamond Company. This one I'd had since I was a young boy. The face on the clock was of a night sky with stars in the background. The second hand was a meteor-like object moving around the clock face. If you held it under the light for 10 minutes, it glowed in the dark for a few minutes while you fell asleep, watching it go around and around. I stared at that meteor-like object many times as I fell asleep as a boy. Damn, another sleepless night. This had been happening all week. I thought I'd be exhausted from waking up the previous night in the middle of the night, but there I was, 3 a.m., Friday morning. I slid out of bed, took a sip of water that I placed on my night table every night, placed the glass back down, and pushed myself out of bed to go towards the window. I pulled open the right drape and looked out to see, as usual, a row of houses that beyond that, the wet pavement of John Street. The house was on an elevated street, and from my bedroom window I had a full view of the row of houses with the backyards along John Street. On the other side of John Street was a ravine. From my window, I had a clear view of the sidewalk, the grass lane, and the street because of the way the streets were designed in the 1950s. John Street wasn't very busy. There was a huge, large, ruddy rock on the grass lane that I had thought was beautifully sculptured. While I stood at the window for a few moments, there was something peaceful about how undramatic and lifeless the street was in the middle of the night. I closed the drape, returned to bed, took another sip of water, and lay down. Saturday, April 28th, 1984, 3.06 a.m. Please, let it be morning, please. I opened my eyes and turned the lamp on. Six after three in the morning. Damn. I turned the light back off and closed my eyes. I tried all the tricks I was told would help one fall asleep, counting backwards from a hundred counting sheep. Oh, this is frustrating. I got up and sat on my bed, rubbed my face with my hands and took another sip of water. I stood up, walked towards my window, pulled the right drape open and looked outside. A man stood on John Street beside the big rock. I rubbed my eyes to make sure I wasn't seeing things. Yes, a man was standing beside the rock on the grass lane as if he were waiting for someone or something. The man wore what looked like a fedora hat in a full suit. 
He held a piece of luggage, or maybe a briefcase, though it appeared to be too big for a briefcase from where I could see. The man stood almost motionless, facing towards the ravine. I stayed at my window watching this man, wondering if someone had put a mannequin on the side of the road as a joke. The man brought up his left arm to look at his watch. Ah, it's a real man. I let go of the drape and made my way back to bed and sat for a moment, pondering the thought of opening a book. That might help me sleep. From outside, I heard the sound of a bus coming up the street, and then it stopped. The man was obviously waiting for transportation. After a few moments, I heard the driver release the brakes, and its engines run down the street, fading into the distance. No, I don't want to read. I don't know what I will do. Maybe I will count sheep. Yes, let's try that. It's childish, but I'll try anything. I tried closing my eyes, but the streetlights poked through the drapes, and I realized the curtains didn't close properly, letting in more light than I would like. I got up to fix it and checked outside again. To my surprise, the man was still there. Weird. I was sure I heard a bus stop on that street. Maybe the man is waiting for someone, and the bus mistook him as a passenger waiting to be picked up. I watched the man for a minute, but felt very tired, so made my way back to bed and counted sheep. One sheep, two sheep, three sheep, four sheep. Sunday, April 29th, 1984, 3.21 a.m. Tick, 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 tick. My eyes opened to see darkness. I reached for the clock, 3.21 in the morning. It's Sunday, just go back to sleep. I put the clock back on the table, rolled onto my back, and gazed up at the ceiling. The stream of light poked between the top of my drapes and the window frame. The street lights weren't bright, but I could feel the strength of its glow as it broke through the window. What is it that keeps waking me up at three in the morning? I asked out loud, still facing the ceiling. I sat up. The glow from the street lights peeked through the entire perimeter of the window around the drapes. I opened the right drape to see the man in the fedora hat standing in the same spot he was yesterday. But this time, there was someone with him. A man. A young man with blue jeans and a black jacket, sitting on the rock while the man in the fedora hat remained by the road. The man with the hat held the same suitcase and again wore a suit. I waited for a moment. He didn't appear to talk to the man in the black jacket and on occasion checked his watch. My clock ticked away on my nightstand and the street lights illuminated the room as I had the drape open while the two men began to engage in a conversation. The young man sitting on the rock appeared to even laugh and seemed very relaxed. The man with the hat seemed quite serious from where I was standing and didn't turn his head to face the young man on the rock. The conversation seemed to stop and the young man looked down the road as if he were waiting for something. I tired from looking at the two men. I let the drape close, sat, and took a sip of water. I lifted my feet and shoved them under the covers. Maybe counting the spots on my ceiling will help. One, two, three. I heard the sound of the bus coming up the street again, and it stopped. Then after a few seconds, the bus released its brakes and drove off. I waited for a minute and then had the overwhelming feeling of wanting to look out again. I slid back out of bed and pulled the drape open to spy the man with the fedora hat still standing. The young man was gone. Why would a man wait for a bus stop and not take the bus? Two nights in a row. He must get picked up by a friend later. What an odd time to be waiting for a bus. 
I didn't know they ran through the night. He stayed so still that I wondered if he was lost. I had the urge to put on some clothes and ask him, but the feeling of exhaustion came over me, which I welcomed after nights of sleeplessness. I let the drape drop to close out the light. I pulled my clock closer and watched the meter tick around the night sky as I fell asleep. Tick, 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 tick. Monday, April 30th, 1984, 3 a.m. Bing, here we go again. I reach for my clock. Right on time, three in the morning sharp. I sat up, took a sip of my water, rubbed my face with both hands as I was waking up for the day. This had become so routine. I'd felt like I should just get up, but there was nothing to do but wait until work. I'll be too tired if I try and stay up. What to do, what to do. I lifted my head out of my hands. The glowing light peeked from the perimeter of the window. I pulled the drape open. There he was, the man in the hat, standing in the same spot as the previous night, beside the rock. What could he be possibly waiting for at three in the morning? Okay, enough's enough, I said, grabbing a pair of pants and sweater. I'm going to see if the man is real. I put on a light jacket over my sweater, grabbed a pair of shoes, and tiptoed down the stairs. Once I got to the front door, I slipped them on quickly and left. Once outside, I could feel a chilly moisture in the air. I could see the faint fog from my breath as I cornered my street onto John Street. I slowed my pace to appear that I was casual. The man remained. As I came closer, he didn't acknowledge my footsteps at all. A creepiness came over me. It was almost like I was approaching a ghost. I'm T.H. Sini. I'm the author of the book Tales of the Witching Hour. That was the first chapter of the story, The Man in the Fedora Hat. Please check out that book on Amazon. You can find that on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, Amazon.uk, and Amazon.au. The next story I'm going to feature is the second story of Tales of the Witching Hour, and that one is called The Red Balloon. Stay tuned, and we shall see you soon.